Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 478 with Colton Schultz. Absolutely, first and foremost, the reason why I'm not working in operations as much is because of our culture. That's hands down. Because once you establish that culture and people rally behind you and they see that vision, I mean, it honestly, Eric, it doesn't even matter how much you pay them. They see the opportunity. They, they see what Grand Junction can, can become. I mean, now with me owning the name and everything, the sky's the limit. There's not a, another brand in North Dakota or, or the Midwest that might even have as much opportunity as us. And I truly believe that. Once you have people that believe in that, that's when you can really start working and, and just getting in the, the trenches and, and start figuring stuff out. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, Join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. What's sorcery? Sorcery is AP automation, digital invoicing, and time and money saved. That's sorcery. Sorcery allows you to streamline and digitize your entire accounts payable operation. Digital invoicing backed with human verification will save you countless hours of work and increase AP accuracy. Say goodbye to your file cabinets and enter the digital world. Go to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com or call 1-866-830-0691. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you will receive 10% off your first three months with no setup fees. There is no time to waste in the restaurant business, especially when an opportunity comes up and you need extra capital. Cabbage created a simple, flexible way to get a line of credit of up to $150,000, apply online, and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds when you need them without reapplying. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses. Get started at cabbage.com slash unstoppable you can get a $50 gift card when you qualify that's cabbage with a k line of credit is subject to credit approval see terms and conditions all cabbage business loans are issued by celtic bank a utah chartered industrial bank member fdic with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest for the third time on the show colton schultz my man are you feeling unstoppable today I am feeling unstoppable. Third time. Let's go. <laughs> yes. So uh, Colton Schultz is the, uh, you're not the founder, but you're the owner of Grand Junction Subs, uh, which and you currently own two locations. And uh, the reason why I have Colton back on the show is because I've just been so impressed with who he is uh, as a person, as a restaurant owner, um, just so ambitious, so driven. Uh, and I, I feel like Many of my get or my my listeners when they're listening to this podcast and they're hearing the stories of my guests, uh, they see where these people are and it, and they must feel like it's so out of reach to get to that point. Um, but these these successes don't happen overnight. These successes are the outcome of a series of small accomplishments, small successes compounded over time. And we have to be patient and we have to continue to show up and just get those little wins every day and over two, three, four, five, you know, 10 years, all those things compound. And then before you know, it, we're standing on top of those mountains and we're, we're helping other people come back up, you know, to our level and, and like the, the tides turn. Uh, but Colton, I think you just a great example of somebody who, who understands 
you know, it's all about those little wins, those little successes chipping away. And uh, the first time you were on the show was 2016, March of 2016. Uh, I reached out to Colton because he uh, had purchased uh, Roger Bodwin's Restaurant Rockstars Academy, and I wanted to see how he felt about that. I like to follow up with people that click on my links to see if they're happy with the services I'm recommending. And I just started listening to your story. And uh, I was really impressed with who you are. 26 years old. He invested $500,000 of his own money to open his first restaurant. Uh, I was curious about that, um, obviously. And he's just always been a go-getter. And uh, from there, uh, Colton joined the mastermind that I host. And I just continued to learn about Colton's story. I asked him to come back episode 270. So the first episode was 219. The second episode, he came back with two other folks uh, was 275. I'll link to those episodes if you guys want to kind of get caught up on who Colton is and what's going on. Episode 275, you had just opened your restaurant. You're three months in, I believe. Uh, you opened in July of 2016, if I remember correct, around that time, August of 2016, August of 2016. So you're just yep. a couple months in, um, things were going yep. great. And, um, you, we reflected on some of the big lessons that you learned, uh, in those, just to recap some of those big lessons you learned from the podcast where, uh, it's all about the people investing in people, not necessarily skill, uh, the importance of a good business plan and also the importance of leveraging new ways to market. Uh, so maybe we'll touch on that today. Um, but I kind of filled Absolutely. the listeners in uh, to where we are. Uh, I can't wait to find out what's happened. Well, I know what's happened. We've been keeping in touch, but I can't wait to share <laughs> your story. Um, but first let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you have for us? Yeah. First of all, Eric, thank you for that. That's, that's really awesome, man. So I really appreciate that. Um, my pleasure, man. Let's get this started yeah. with, uh, one, one that always stays nice and true to me is in the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity. And a lot of people know who that's from Mr. Albert Einstein. Another one too, actually, while you were just talking there, cause I knew the, the motivational mantra was coming here pretty soon. <laughs> and what I actually preach to our managers and our, our staff and our team members is smooth as fast. Mm. And I heard that from one of your episodes, I believe when you're interviewing, uh, the, the owner of chomp. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I've definitely and, heard that, that stuck yeah. with me. So, you know, shout out to you. You've been a, a big part of this growth as well. Even when I did my Ted talk, um, you were basically my mentor for that. And a lot of our, my core beliefs, I know align with your core beliefs. So I just wanted to give you a shout out too, because you deserve that. Oh man. Thank you so, so much. Thanks uh, for all you do. I love it. I, I I couldn't be happier doing what I'm doing and it's an honor to serve, but uh, you, you, I want to dive deeper into one of these quotes that you just shared with us. That was the first one. Say it again for us. Uh, the Albert Einstein quote in the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity in the middle of every <laughs> difficulty lies opportunity in you know, I feel like I'm a little different. I feel like a lot of people that are out there creating content uh, who are always trying to, you know, promote these shortcuts, uh, these ways to quick success. I don't know if I subscribe to that way of thinking just because, especially in the restaurant industry, because so much of our success is determined on the impact we have on people. And you can't really have a big impact and transform somebody's life quickly. And I, you know, people are all you know just so so focused on growth and, and getting more money and growing laterally, getting more stores. Uh, but if you don't have that those roots, they don't have that impact. Uh, you know, you're not gonna. I feel like you're just gonna get blown away with the next gust of wind. How do you feel about that, Colin? I completely agree. Um, you know, when there's difficult times and adversity, a lot of your team, especially when you're a leader, a lot of your team is looking up to you to see how you're going to handle it. So I think there's a couple things they're looking for. You know, they, they want to see someone that's able to lift the team up and rally the team to be able to get through it because every single day in the restaurant industry, 
I mean, there's adversity, there's difficulty. A lot of times it does go really smooth, but right when you think everything's just going perfect, your, your compressor for your pot machine starts on fire and starts (laughs) smoking and smoke bills into the lobby, you know? So when stuff like that happens, there's a lot of different, you know, different types of personalities on your team and and adversity kind of, it just stresses everybody out. So people want to look to these leaders to, to see how they're going to handle it. And, and, and I really like to put people in those managerial roles that truly have that positive attitude that can handle adversity and are, they really want to make the, the team members below them better. And yeah. we don't ever hire on experience. We just purely hire on that attitude and that positivity. And, and we just want to just have brand ambassadors that just lift everybody up and make everybody's day a little bit better. Beautiful, man. Yes. So just to come full circle uh, to reflect on that quote again, um, <clears throat> you know, success in this industry, I, I think comes from playing the long game and not looking for the shortcuts in this and just hit that quote one more time because my memory sucks. And uh, I want you to share it. So I can come full circle. <laughs> In the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity. So the point I'm trying to make is the the I think the secret to success in this industry is through uh, the difficult path, the hard path, the long game of showing up every mm-hmm. day consistently, changing lives, being a mentor, and just trying to be a better version than you were today than you were yesterday. Um, there's no hacks in this industry. There's no shortcuts. There's no secrets. It's just showing up and doing the work. Um, so great way to get this thing started, man. Um, so. Let's bring it back to 2016, October of 2016. You're a three-month owner of Grand Junction Subs. Well, what's going on, man? <laughs> Feels like, like yesterday. Us, I Feels know. Like take us through that. Seriously. Where were you then? Yeah, wow. Well, three months ago. Um, no, three months ago. It was two years day. ago. I mean, yeah, three, <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, so when we were open for three months, I was basically working every single day in the restaurant. Um we were just slammed. I mean, definitely over capacity of what our restaurant could handle lines out the door every single day. And that actually continued for about six months before mm. everybody started to be able to breathe. So huge shout out to our, our original managers, uh, Jared Schultz, who's actually my brother, Miles Barkas, um, who is currently a general manager. And then John Bittner, who is also a, a manager and he actually lives in Australia now. So the big four went down to the big three and now the big three are, are rocking with these two restaurants, but shout out to them because we were in there every single day pulling 14 to 16 hour days. And, um, you know, when we actually, um, started with the grand junction brand, there was no systems and they still use the cash register. So a lot of this stuff that we were implementing and developing, um, you want to talk about adversity, you'd implement it and it would take three times to get it right. So, we all had to just just rally as a team and, and fight through it. Beautiful, man. So really get granular um, at that time. Uh, you, you opened <clears throat> your restaurant to, in August of 2016. What was that like? What was the opening like? Uh, take us there and kind of, I don't know, slowly just kind of bring us through the evolution of you in the restaurant. So the opening, when we, uh, I actually had my daughter 10 days before we opened, and so then we had, I had my daughter Harper Marianne on <laughs> August 12th of 16. And then we opened August 22nd. Wow. So it was just a whirlwind. I mean, that, that, that first couple of weeks, I can't even remember, to be honest, it's amazing what the human body can get through. You know, you just got to show up and, and you'll get through it. But anyways, you know, I, I would say, especially the first four weeks, it's really once you would see some adversity happen. If it happens again, immediately the second time, that's kind of when you know you need to implement a system. You need to look at that, come up with a process procedure, a standard operating procedure, 
to really battle that adversity. So I think that first four weeks was really diving into what are the, the what's the major adversity, what are the major inefficiencies, you know, issues with our throughput or flow that we could fix right now here today and just get on it. So that way we can slowly one by one, just knocking the, these things off and, and just making the restaurant better. So, you know, every single week that would go by, we would have a new system in, implemented. Um, a big thing that would happen too, is that I was working on a structure. Um, you got these great managers, Miles, Jared, and John, who are really good at different things. So where are you going to put them in in their role when, when you're, when they're managing, you know, when we get a little slower in the afternoons, how do you put them in a role that they can start working on, you know, in the clouds as well. So they were in the dirt 80% of the time. I'd have them in the clouds 20% of the time. Oh, using for some Vaynerchuk. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's huge, you know. So Jared would do the social media, um, help me with that. Just, to let's, just Let's scale into that. Uh, I want to focus more on the, the first part real quick, Colton. Uh, you were talking about uh, the systems and, you know, you started with a set of systems and every week you would kind of prioritize what needed to be improved and you would scale from there. So... Uh, I, I guess the question I ask is what did it look like when you were first getting started with your systems? It was a lot of word documents and just typing on the computer. So, um, let me, more specific. What, how did you, yeah. how did you prioritize which systems needed to be developed first? I mean, was there chaos yeah. in the beginning? You had a few systems, right? Right. Our first systems would, that were developed were definitely for, um, to make sure our product was consistent and great. And, and, and would, would come off the line as quick as possible for the customer. Um, we wanted to just make sure that our food was something that we were very proud of. Um, I, I completely believe in the Grand Junction sub. I think it's the best sub in the world. So how are we going to make sure every guest, you know, experiences that? And a lot of them were coming back every single, you know, every day, actually. So it was really important to me, especially with being a new restaurant in town, that we needed to have consistency. So to answer your question, the first thing I focused on was consistency. Okay. Um, Yep. And then I, I would say the next thing that we focused on was our speed of service when that's a pretty, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty big topic. There's a lot of things that go into that, but again, that's me looking at the flow. How is our POS set up? Are they able to, is there too many buttons that we're hitting? Is there too many modifiers? You know, and that's just on the POS side of things. What about our KDS screens? Are we sending too much information to the cooks? Are they, you know, just getting, is there just too much information where they're getting confused and then you you get down to the end of the line um is our is our condiment area set up right you know just watching the customers get drinks and then have to backtrack and grab their lids and stuff like that i mean just the flow was a little messed up and all these changes they weren't you know we're not knocking down walls or anything it's just being there being present watching the operation and just slowly knocking these things out one at a time. So I was going to summarize real quick. Uh, the, the original question was, how did you prioritize uh, where you gave your attention to, to which systems needed to be developed first? Uh, and you said the most, you prioritize the first thing that was most important to you was the consistency of food. So you started focusing yep. on the, the systems you could create to create that, that consistency in food. And then the next priority for you was that consistency in service. So that's once you knocked out and you had got consistent food going out, the next priority was let's focus on the consistency in service. So what we're, yep. I think consistency in food is very uh, specific to each restaurant. So let's not get too granular there, but how do you create yep. systems around consistency in service? Yeah, for example, um, you, you know what we what we needed to do for for the service part of it was, um, you know, people would 
our staff was great and they, and they would smile and say, have a nice day. But we, we needed to come up with some internal acronyms and stuff that, that really, ref, really exposed the, the core competencies and, and what I believe that our restaurant should be. And, and I don't, I, I'm sure you remember this, Eric, but I came up with that acronym called CAST, which the, the C stands for clean, A stands for ask the customer how everything is, S stands for stickers to kids, and T stands for thank the customer. So those four things, basically, when we were working on our service, we always had, as Joe Fontana would call it, a people pleaser when we first opened. We'd always, <laughs> and just we'd to always have folks someone in, in the uh, lobby. Joe Montana, is another great dude, uh, part of the mastermind, just opened Fry the Coop in Chicago, um, and he's been uh, in this emotional in, in this emotional roller coaster with us for the past two years. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, with, with that people pleaser out there, um, the, 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 what I noticed is they would be great at wiping tables. Um, some of them might thank the customer, you know, the, then the biggest thing that every kid that came in, we had these really cool grand junction stickers and I just wanted every single kid, especially because we were kind of changing our customer demographic a little bit. We knew that we always would get the millennials and, and, and just the younger crowd in there just because of our presence in the other cities with D1 universities. So where the other Grand Junction locations are, they have big universities there. Bismarck does not. Um, it is the capital of North Dakota. It has a lot of potential and opportunity. So that, and I knew that. So basically with right when we opened, I knew I really want to be a push a family brand, you know, with my brother working in the business, we can really relate to this community. And honestly, you know, let's, let's, let's be frank here. When, when families come in, they have average, higher average ticket prices. You know, you got the parents and the kids and everything. So stickers to kids was really important. And that was one thing that kept getting missed. And, and then sometimes even thanking the customer, they were so busy with wiping tables. So we came up with a simple acronym. Hey, all you got to do is four things when you're out there pleasing our guests, you know, just remember to do these. You see a kid, give them stickers, clean the tables, thank the customer, ask how everything as simple as that. Yeah. And one other thing just to tie on to what you were saying, who do you think makes the decisions where to go to eat? <laughs> the kids. Exactly. So if you can make <laughs> the kids happy and you, uh, I mean, whatever, you know, parents can do to pacify those kids, if they want to go to Grand Junction subs and they're going to kick and scream until that happens, then now you're bringing in the whole family. So it's a great approach. Yep. Um, and just the other thought I had listening to you speak to is just the idea of you got to give your people the tools. Uh, you can say, these are the things I want exactly. you to do and hope that they remember or give them a tool. An acronym is a great example of a tool that you can create to empower your people to make it easy. Um, what are some of the other systems that you improved and created over the time uh, to improve service? Yeah. So one thing just to uh, let's take that other one a little farther with, with the kids and everything. Cause I think this is pretty okay. fascinating. So once I saw we were having success with that cast and, and, and just how kids were loving these stickers and we, we also put pens up front. Um, every fast casual restaurant owner, you should have pens up front because we go through tens of thousands of these pens and I see them all around town, all these businesses that get deliveries of catering, they use them. But anyways, um, after, you know, we had this, this single simple acronym, um, my leadership style really like to empower all of our employees. And I, and I tell them, pretend this is your own restaurant, pretend this is your own business. You know, whenever you think something is broken, just come up with multiple solutions and then we can discuss it. So with that mm. being said, seeing these kids be so super happy with these pens and stickers, um, one of our employees, Jess, we, we call her Ma. She's been with us since day one. Um, she actually came up with, hey, why don't we allow the kids to draw on the walls with chalk? And I remember when she first told me that, I kind of, I must have looked at her weird. 
And she's like, no, they have special chalk paint. I'll go buy it and let me just do a test wall. And boom, I'm like, awesome. You came up with a solution. So I said, why not? Here, just here's my credit card. Go buy some paint. <laughs> and actually, no, I think she bought it and I haven't even paid her back for it, which I need to. But uh, <laughs> no, but she went and bought that. We did a little test wall and we had a little bucket of chalk out there. And that is a staple of who we are. So both locations have that. We have some of the coolest pictures that we could use for content on Instagram, which I'm sure you've seen, Eric, and just different customers, even adults now. They like to draw all these amazing pictures. But anyways, that that was completely an employee idea. That was Ma, Ma's idea. And, and now every Grand Junction going forward is going to be required to have chalk paint. So even when we did our, our engineering and our design, literally they had to call out, okay, you put your base paint down and then you're coating everything that's accessible by reach. You're going to be coating that in chalk uh, clear coat. So now that's going to be something that's standard for every single Grand Junction in the future. And that was a, a completely an employee idea. Man, I love so it. I think that's really cool. Two- and that's why I get up every day. I love that, <laughs> yes. you know, empowering them and just love it. Two lessons to draw from that. I think the first one is, and I actually just heard this recently on another podcast. I can't remember which one it was, but train your people to never come to or go to their direct response with problems only solutions uh, that starts yep. getting people to think creatively. So if there is a problem, identify the problem. Okay. Now these managers, uh, owners are very busy. They, they have a lot on their plate as is. So if you train your people to identify the problem and then come up with the solutions, now there's a starting point. And now you as the, the manager or owner get to, you know, go through those solutions, maybe create another solution, but also you're, you're empowering your people. You're tapping into that, that ether, like that, that, oh man, it's like, exactly. You know, that, that, that it's a line from that great game of business, right? Like encourage your people to offer solutions because it's the power of one or two or three minds with an owner and a couple of managers versus uh, 15 minds with all the employees. And these people can have some really creative solutions. You, you've got to open yourself up to it. Yep. And then just so you know, you know, you, you have one of these creative solutions that sticks. Be prepared <laughs> to have several other sol- solutions or ideas come your way because they definitely are excited, you know, and maybe 90% of them don't stick, but just getting those gears turning. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, the conversation and, and hearing people out. And I love just getting other people's point of view and being able to just gather all that information and just make the next strategic decision. Mm. So what I live for. You said earlier on that when you were opening this, uh, first location back in, t- in October of 2016, you were in the restaurant every day. How did you slowly start to remove yourself out of the restaurant? Because now you have two locations and you're how many hours a week would you say you're in the store? Oh, I'm actually working five hours, five maybe. hours a week. Just do it. Yeah. Doing a couple delivery shifts here and there, but in the yeah, first month, much. how many how many hours would you say you're in the store? Uh, the first month we opened, I don't know, two hundred plus. <laughs> what about per week? <laughs> what, what about per like? week? <laughs> per week, um, probably sixty. Sixty. I could have probably easily 60. done the math, but anyway, uh, yeah. the point I'm trying to make is, or I guess the what I'm trying to get to is, how did you get to the point where you were going from sixty hours a week to five hours a week? Uh, what did that look like? How how did you? What did the process of you going from sixty to five look like? Oh man, there's so much in there, um, but <laughs> you know, I I think that like we already talked about with the systems of process and procedures, but more importantly was was 
just really, really, uh, again, empowering our people and putting them, putting our aces into places. That's something that we say all the time. Um, actually, I was doing the schedule and then Jared started doing the schedule and now Miles is actually doing the schedule. So you start finding out where people can do, do things better. So I would say just finding, first, you got to develop that culture. So that way you can have these people that are yeah, absolutely first and foremost, the reason why I'm not able that I'm not working in operations as much is because of our culture. That's hands down. Because once you establish that culture and people rally behind you and they see that vision, I mean, it honestly, Eric, it doesn't even matter how much you pay them. They see the opportunity. They, they see the, 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 what Grand Junction can, can become. I mean, now with me owning the name and everything, the sky's the limit. I mean, there's not a, another brand in North Dakota or, or the Midwest that might even have as much opportunity as us. And I truly believe that. And once you have people that believe in that, that's when you can really start working and just getting in the, the trenches and, and start figuring stuff out. So then you find those loyal people that, hey, these people are going to be with me for a while. So I can invest a lot of time into them and say, hey, do you want to see how I'm doing the scheduling? What are your thoughts, Jared? Well, right now you're doing the schedule on Excel, Colton. So that's pretty broken. So why don't you go find another solution? I'll start picking up on the schedule. So now Jared's doing the schedule. I can go look for other solutions mm. out there. They got so many of them, hot schedules, home base. I ended up settling on home base. So then you get home base. Um, and basically that's what I would do is, is I'm the one that would go out and, and find these different new tech platforms or different systems that, that I think would work for the business. And then I would work them first. And then once I feel like they would fit, then we would actually implement with the managers. And then if they think it would work, we'd actually then send it and do a, a staff meeting and pretty much train everybody on, on what we're going to do. So with that culture being said, you know, that just gave me the trust that I can go and spend my time looking for home base and looking for different things with Revel and looking for stuff like Jolt, which we just signed up for. And then I can work through it, which as you know, a lot of that building, the menu building and the schedule building and getting all your employees put in with their different roles. I mean, it takes a lot of time and that restaurant has got to keep, it's got to stay running, you know? So with those people that you trust, you establish trust, you get people in the role. Hey, I don't have to be there as much. I can, create these systems and then you just send it down the line which kind of brings us back to what we were talking about earlier is getting people yep. out of the dirt and into the clouds uh and what colton means by that uh i mean there's been different ways to say this uh simon Sinek calls it having your why guys and your how guys uh the dirt is the how guys and the the why are the cloud guys and what you have to do is kind of help transition your 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 aces into places right you yep. you take a step back and you like jim collins says you get the right person on your bus and then you put them in the right seats and you got to as the owner recognize the strengths and the weaknesses of your people then put them in the right role and that takes time and it you know in the beginning you're going to be doing a lot of this work slowly scaling over time and then once you start identifying these strengths you can slowly start removing yourself out, out of these things that keep you so busy and I, I i think that's probably how you did it right you slowly started saying okay like yeah. jared's a rock star over here uh so and so is a rock star over there like why am i doing this they're better at this than i am i'm gonna let them exactly take control i'm gonna give them a starting point and let them take it to the next level and you know and then while they're working on this i'm gonna go tackle the next the, ne- the next project um and eric with that being said that's great so so when uh when we first opened, I felt like I needed to be the best at every single role and everything mm. because I just felt as, as the leader, as um, you know, with grand junction, it wasn't a franchise. So we didn't have any, a lot of support. Um, shout out to the Godfather Vu. We call him the Godfather. He's the one that um, gave us a chance. And, and now we're actually partners with grand restaurant group. And he's just basically a silent partner t- touring the world, letting the Schultzes and, and miles and, 
and the rest of the team just just take this thing to the next level. So um, with that being said, when I first opened, I truly felt like I had to learn how to do everything and just be the best at everything. So that way, if anything would come up, I could dive in and, and work through it with people. And I quickly realized that I really needed to focus on on some of the more complex things versus me hopping on the line and learning how to cook. Um, our process, you know, we're grilled subs. You order, um, the customer goes right down the line. We have these badass 48-inch flat-top grills that our cooks do spatula tricks. And, I mean, it's an art. It's beautiful to watch these guys just do their thing. It's really cool, and it takes some skill. Um, I, I would cook for a little bit. I would, I would hop on assembly, which is the final station, and I really felt like, hey, I want to spend a week at assembly. I want to spend a week at cook. So that way these guys can see me in the trenches. Uh, of course, you're going to gain respect. They love seeing the owner in there um, doing their thing. But honestly, I, I quickly realized that I, I w- was not as good as some of these guys. So what am I doing in here when I know I've got a thousand things that I want to dive into Revel. I want to start getting our inventory system figured out. I want to actually get these modifiers so they're you know displaying to the certain KDSs. And basically, I remember... I remember when I was working at that final assembly shift and, and there was all these things with Revel that I wanted to get, to get done. And I said, you know what? I need to go all in at Revel. And then if they absolutely need my help, I mean, worst case scenario, two people calling sick, then that's a time where I could step up and just figure it out with the team. But there's no reason I need to be spending this time you know, on the line when we have these great people around me that are going to do a better job. Yeah. So I think that was kind of the turning point of where I really started diving into kind of the higher cloud executive systems that are absolutely paramount for a fast casual restaurant. I want to reflect real real quick on this before diving a little bit more into what you meant by all in on Revel. Um, At first, I think it's great that you felt like you had to be the best at everything. Obviously, that's not sustainable. That's not something you want to do forever. But what you are doing when you have that mentality of being the best at everything and giving everything that you're doing 100% is you're setting the standard of what Everybody should be attacked. Exactly. And then now people are looking at you being like, if I'm not working as hard as Colton is, then I'm not doing the job right. Cause you are, you need to be that picture of perfection early on. You need to set that standard that that's all part of setting that culture. Like you said, the first most important thing. And then as people start outperforming you, that's your cue. Like, Whoa, this dude's better <laughs> yeah, than get I am out of here. <laughs> all right. Now that's one less thing I have to do. Uh, and then you start when that person gets in there, then you start creating a system for that thing. And you really cement that standard with the systems, right? And that picture of perfection. And you slowly just start recreating that same process over and over again in all aspects of your business. It does not happen overnight. This is something that takes months exactly. and months or even years of continual improvement. And you're still improving your systems to this day. Like you said, you just started, you, you created an amazing series, uh, uh, operations handbook of every system process procedure in your business. Uh, and you made it tight. And then when it was as tight as it could be using you know, pencil and paper or, you know, a computer and, and typing these things all out um, and you couldn't get it any better. You went and said, well, that's as good as we can get it. We might as well invest in Jolt now, which is like even better. It's a, it's an app that's developed to create systems, processes and procedures. We can never do with our skills in house as good as a job as app can do or as Jolt can do um, in creating these systems, processes, procedures. You never stop improving. And that's so, so impressive uh, in, in just a beautiful thing to make an example of Colton. Yeah, well said. And, and just to, to take it a little bit farther. So now actually the North Fargo, the Grand Forks and the Moorhead, Minnesota locations are actually our franchise franchisees now. So working with that owner out there, John Lester, great guy. Um, but now with him implementing Revel, he's had it for a while. He actually had one of his managers who is very good and very computer savvy 
do all of the the, the menu building and, and just kind of fine tuning it with, with the help of me. So I was actually working with him and, and getting them launched and, and ready to go. And it's working good. But guess what? Here's the problem. That manager isn't with John anymore now. Uh-huh. So now John is kicking himself and saying, man, instead of me focusing on this other stuff that my team easily could have handled, I should have been just investing all in with Revel because there's always so many changes with the online ordering. I mean, there's so much stuff. You do an LTO. If you, if you, can't, if you don't know how to put that LTO, which stands for limited time offer, if you, don't, if you don't know how to put that in yourself, you're going to be on the phone with Revel for an hour. I mean, we've got five different platforms that orders can come in from on the phone to online ordering to our express orders to take out to guests that are eating in. I mean, all this stuff's got to come in. And, it, and that's the biggest thing is you need to make sure your tech is working. Because all your cooks, your assembly, every position is relying on that tech. So that was definitely a, a learning curve with me too. I actually grew. I mean, it's so funny because now we've got these two locations and I was just looking at, okay, we, we just literally got three more locations just like that overnight. And now how do we bring them up to speed with all of our system process procedures? Totally different ball of wax. But um, it's been very very fun to dive into that. And, and, you know, it's, that's one of the things that I think it's a perfect example that I should have been working with John on Revel so, versus, you know, him having a manager do it just to make sure I'm on the same page as you. When you meet, when you say all in with Revel, first of all, Revel is your POS system. Uh, yep. And what you're saying is you can try to create all these systems and processes, procedures on your own, put them in an operations manual, which is what you should be doing. But there's a lot of tech out there that, Yes, has created systems, processes and procedures that you you can take these things and plug them into your business because you could never recreate uh, something as good as, you know, these these systems are whole companies exist to serve this or to create a solution for this problem. And you might as well plug that into your business instead of trying to recreate something from scratch. Is that what you mean by going all in? Well, even yeah, kind of, but more or less, I I think a better word for it is just go all in on your tech and, and, and first off your POS system. Um, I, I just, you know, and maybe there's some other restaurant owners out there that, that don't even know much about their POS and they have a good relationship with that company and they're able to do everything. But just for us, that would never work. I just really, truly think it wouldn't work because for example, you know, our, our, our drop chart and our, our cook chart and our assembly chart, a lot of times we're changing around the way those ingredients are listed. We might move our Cambros in the assembly prep station a little bit. So it's very important for me when that displays on the KDS that that's in the same order. All these little things truly matter. So if the lettuce and tomato are now the first things that are going to go on that sandwich, well, those modifiers need to pop up lettuce, tomato versus jalapeno, banana, pepper, onion, mushroom, and then lettuce, tomato, Mm. all those little things. I mean, I could about imagine if I had to call in every single time to have them help me get that figured out. Um, That's, that's what we're experiencing right now with the three franchisees is he has to do, he has to basically call me for a lot of this stuff. So, and versus him calling Revel, I'd rather have him call me so we can work through it so he can learn how to do it uh, going forward, you know? So Does that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You're leveraging these systems for all their worth. Sometimes we, you, right. we invest in a POS or whatever, what, whatever other type of technology. And we just scratch the surface of the, the potential of these tools. Why not learn these things inside and out and leverage them for all their worth to in it? Like you, like you said, every little thing matters. Every little thing compounds and makes a big difference. Uh, like in that, that example that you shared of the order in which things pop up in the KDS, uh, has to be the same order in which they go on the the sandwich because you know why have why 
force people to memorize that when there's a system right. follow it in order. That's way easier. I mean, you could have the best systems and processes and procedures in place, but what if your tech, what if your POS isn't up to speed with that? So yeah. for example, uh, we have, when the cashier is going through, we also have a meal deal. So that automatically will populate and pop up. So that way they remember to say, would you like to make that a meal deal? And then on top of that, when they do want to make it a meal deal, our fresh cut fries are a bomb. I mean, we win awards for them, but guess what? They're even better with nacho cheese and they're even better with Cajun. So when they click on the fry, you know that that customer wants that fry. Okay, now that pops up. So now that's called an upcharge, an upsell. And now, I mean, it basically you're creating this technology and, and, and just, just leveraging it to its actual, absolutely maximum. So that way, um, our cashiers don't have to remember all this. And you just know that when that pops up, I mean, they have to then ask it because it's just right there. Yeah. And you've been a, a big advocate of rebel since as long as I've known you, I feel like, um, what is I have, it? man, it's powerful stuff. It, they have a lot of stuff. I like to say whenever uh, people come to me asking me for their advice on POS systems, I, the first thing I try to figure out is what business concept, like what are you going to be full service, fast, casual, uh, f- you know, fine dining. What is it that you're looking to do? And whenever somebody comes to me and says, Oh, I, I want to do a counter service or a fast casual. Usually the first thing I recommend is revel just because, uh, honestly, because of w- your business concept and how much you love it for what you're doing to be completely yep. frank. Um, so it's probably one of the higher price ones, but if anybody out there thinks like I do and just really wants to have the versatility and the customization and have the most powerful POS platform on the market. That definitely, I, I don't yeah. think there's anything but else. Like out you there said, that even like you said earlier, you got to go all in. And if you're just using your POS to ring in orders and that's it, then you're not, you're not leveraging it for, for its full, com, you know, capability. Exactly. And you got to think about like, how- right. One thing in my pipeline is we're actually taking badass food pictures right now. And I want to even have food pics. We have a customer display screen. They call it a CDS. Oh my God, this will be a great thing to hit on. One thing that we, that that CDS is huge for is we actually prompt for a tip. And right away, you know, right when we first opened, I kind of felt bad doing that. But actually, I really quickly learned that a lot of customers, especially in North Dakota, because everybody's super nice, probably too nice. They really do want to tip, especially when they've been there. They might not tip that first experience, but if they like, you know, they like everything about Grand Junction and the experience that they had the prior time when they come in, you know, most people pay with a credit card now. We actually prompt when before we can swipe the card, it says, would you like to leave a tip? And we just say 10, 15, 20%, these little bubbles where they can just click on that. Or there's a giant no tip on the bottom. And again, customizable. I wanted to make that no tip just as big as possible. So that way they don't feel obligated to tip. And Eric, we bring in over $1,000 per store every single week in tips. So how big is that to reward wow. your amazing team? And that's all because of that CDS screen, but not, not just for the tipping. It's also for order accuracy. So when we're done with the order, we put it back on the customer and say, Hey, does everything look right on your screen? Mm. It, it, it saves so much time that way. Then you don't have to read everything off. And sometimes it's awkward reading stuff, you know, and then listing all the modifiers and then you mess it up. Oh, I meant this. It, yeah. it can just be a big mess. So I wanted to automate that. Man. I wanted to autonomously be able to have order accuracy. And then now on top of that, food picks, we can even have food picks. If someone's interested in something, they can click on the item on that CDS and that food picture will pop up and it'll say the ingredients under there. So of course we got nice and creative with our adjectives, premium chicken breasts, fresh lettuce, you know, and really dove into kind of explaining the, the sandwich to the customer and just the sky's the limit. It's exciting. So, I mean, that that's straight from uh, the line of our, one of our, wow, I can't speak. 
that's straight from one of Ari Weinswag's books. Uh, I think it's Singerman's Deliver standards to great service. I can't remember exactly the, the I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's basically the, the systems that the Zingerman's uh, delicatessen uses in Zingerman's uh, Zing train, uh, his series of books. Anyway, they, they say that that closed loop communication, when you're taking an order, you got to repeat everything that every chain in that, that command is, you know, that they, the, the guest re- reads it to you. You read it back to them. It goes to the kitchen. You read it to the kitchen. The kitchen reads it back to you. The order is done. they, read the order back to you as you're they're handing it. And then you, when you hand it back to the guest, uh, you're reading it to the guest. But what you're doing is you're automating that by having it pop up on the screen. So now you're, you're, they're looking at it. You're looking at it. If something's wrong, like it's on them, it's on you, but you're, you're eliminating the possibilities of things that go wrong. When you do that closed loop communication of reading, reading things back when it's actually written back right there, there's like no, <laughs> there's no room yep. for error. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities to catch these mistakes. And uh, I mean, think about the, the amount of waste we have with uh, mistakes and, and beyond the waste, the actual waste of the food we're wasting, the customer experience of I just waited 10 minutes for this. And now I have to wait another 10 minutes for you to fix it. Like that's that's money potentially lost in the future. They might not come back. So all these things, right. we have trouble justifying their costs. But when you leverage these systems, they pay for themselves. Right. Well, let's keep going with this. So imagine, okay. So when we first opened, Eric, it would, it would probably be a three day process to train a cashier just because Revel wasn't quite, wasn't quite, um, I guess just wasn't quite where it needed to be. I mean, there was a lot of things that I was still learning. I mean, we just opened and anyways, it was about a three day training process. And now a cashier after one shift, especially going through our training manuals, which Jared has done a great job. He actually is in charge of all the systems now and editing those. Um, we can, we can get someone ad- adequately trained in a day. And once everything is just flowing, you know, I mean, just that smooth, just the, the whole process with your upcharge, with your upcharges populating. I mean, it just, now that it's so smooth and honed in on these cashiers feel very confident they're almost kicking us out after a half a day. Like I got this man, you can just yeah. hang around and let me know if I'm doing anything wrong. Man, this is great. I kind of want to bring it back to training because I think that's one thing you are really good at. When you onboard somebody, what's that process look like? Well, when we first opened, there wasn't a process. Um, onboarding was basically just bringing everybody in or bringing someone in and saying, hey, what would what, what, watch the line for a little bit? Where do you think you would fit in? Mm. Now we do have uh, one thing that we've really, again, the structure, you've heard me talk about that. We've created a, our Dropbox folder which now we have actually a computer that sits in every single store's office that never leaves there. And it's hooked up to a docking station. And all those um, basically are all tied into the same Dropbox folder. So now anytime anybody's changing a system or looking something up, when they save it, boom, it's right in the same spot up to date. Okay. But as far as like the person. um, uh, Now with our onboarding process, we have a HR folder for that. Right. Yeah, so so with that, so we have that Dropbox folder which has our onboarding section, and, and basically we actually now have a system for the questions we ask in an interview, and it's actually only six questions, but um, it really helps us f- dive in and, and figure out who that person is if they're going to be a good fit. Okay, let's move forward. They get hired onboarding. We now actually have some set paperwork that they, they do need to fill out that uh, um, obviously to make everything legal and to get them on board, and then we actually have a training ladder system which is really cool. And then they get their uniforms, boom, they start for their first day. Um, if they start a cashier, they have to have to actually start at 
task number one and they just work their way down. And basically this ladder system, if you get all the way through, you're going to basically know how to do every single position. You're going to be cross-trained, but we've strategically done this ladder system. So that way you can start as the cashier, as a, as more of an entry-level position and work your way up. And then they feel very, uh, especially once they hit the different ladders and then are able to do a different position. It's really cool to see our employees grow. So ex- and now you have a system to help do that. Explain to me what the ladder system is. Excuse me. Explain to me what the ladder system is and what you mean by that. Yep. So basically if you start as a cashier, you can't move on to the second position until you've completed what's in that ladder of that cashier role. So you go through and what we, what we figured out was we try to do it in the moment, you know, and Hey, this is, we're going to train you right now in the moment and, and go through this before the shift. And then while they're actually working, Hey, good job. You did that task. Let's move on to the next one. It doesn't work that way. One thing that we found out, it's really good for more of a AAR, which I, we use that quite a bit. And I pulled that from, I'm a veteran. And when I was in the military, it's called after action review. So basically after you get a nice lunch rush and that obviously the trainers is, is the one on the till, but they're just looking at this as a guide. Okay. I got to make sure I touch on this. Every order is different. So once you finally have a gift card come in, you want to make sure you show them how to do the gift card. This is the proper way to do it. A lot of times we have, um, discounts, you know, for railroad workers, we give all railroad workers a 10% discount because we're railroad themed. Obviously all military personnel get a 10% discount. All first responders get a 10% discount. Um, we also have a good neighbor discount for any of the big businesses close to us. We just really want to give back to the community as much as we can. But anyways, with those discounts, a lot of them are item level, order level. You'll have all these different things. So you work through that checklist. And then once you're done with that shift, then you go and have them, you kind of recreate it and see if they can do it. They do it. The trainer then signs off on that. So once you get through that first ladder, then what they'll do is they'll go grab a general manager or a manager. um, If it's not the manager actually training, and then they will look through it and kind of just ask the the trainee a couple things. You, You know, some of those tasks that are little more tricky, they might test them and have them run through it. And if, and this might take a couple of days, every person's different, but once we feel like they're adequately trained, that GM will then sign off on that ladder and then that person can start working. And now they're actually able to move on to the next ladder if they want to start learning how to um, do a different position and assemble. So, so we've just how, been trying to put more structure. How many it. shifts typically did, does a, a new hire work as the cashier before moving on to the next level? Um, I would say probably two to three weeks. Okay. And then do they get to choose or are you kind of guiding them like looking at their strengths as a person? I mean, you, you slowly. Exactly. Okay. So I I think the the thing that's really important here is uh, one thing I, from the mastermind uh, sessions we've had, you break your, your restaurant into like stations, right? And you have people uh, and there's a kind of fine lines drawn. Like this is your station. You're responsible for all these things. Um, And it's, it's good to kind of just, really like, you know, what's the word acclimate people into the full operation. Here's the one thing that you're responsible for. And when you get proficient on this one thing, then you get to learn one new skill. But when you take the time mm-hmm. to, to create all these ladders, all these paths and make it clear that like, these are your responsibilities. It makes it so much easier to learn. Whereas you open a restaurant and you have a chaos where there's all these different people jumping around doing different things you got to like learn everything all at once. And it, it, it's so confusing. It's so stressful. But if you just draw those lines and create these verticals and these paths, it makes it so much easier. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Um, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. 
To be unstoppable, most restaurants require a little extra capital from time to time. It happens, right? Uh, when you need funding to like renovate or buy equipment or manage cash flow, you don't have time to just track down financial statements or wait weeks for a decision. And that is where Cabbage can help. Cabbage gives small businesses access to a line of credit of up to $150,000. And if you apply online, you'll get a decision right away, which is pretty awesome. Since Cabbage is a line of credit, you can take the exact amount you need. You'll never have to reapply to take out additional loans, and you only pay for the funds you use. Yeah, you're impressed, and I haven't even gotten to the impressive part. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses from every industry with over $4 billion in funding. Like, awesome. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company not once, but twice. Check out Cabbage at Cabbage with a K dot com slash restaurant unstoppable and you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash restaurant unstoppable. Line of credit is subject to credit approval, C terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member, FDIC. Everyone loves processing invoice after invoice. It's the best. (laughs) Not really. Just the sight of a filing cabinet is enough to make you sick, right? It doesn't have to be that way. With Sorcery, there's no more manually processing invoices by hand and no more cutting check after check. With Sorcery, you can organize all of your accounts digitally, scan your invoices, and pay your vendors with just one click. It is easy. Sorcery offers fully managed accounts and statements reconciliation, so you no longer spend hours on the phone with your vendors and banks that stinks. You now have the peace of mind knowing your accounts are being taken care of, and you can get back to work doing what you love, running unstoppable restaurants. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call one 800 Six six eight three zero zero six nine one. Mention Restaurant Unstoppable and receive ten percent off your first three months. And say goodbye to your old filing cabinet and hello to the digital world with Sorcery AP Automation. We're back in Colton. Uh, with the time we have left, I really want to dive in. One thing I do really admire you for is uh, you swallow your pride when it comes to going to ask for help. Uh, one, the first reason why or the first way you came across my radar is because you signed up. You were listening to the podcast. You signed up for Roger Bodwin's Restaurant Rockstars, and uh, you learned a lot from him. But you continue to surround yourself with consultants and uh, these people that can t- help take you to the next level. So take us through the, the take us through that. Yeah, so let's go back to Black Friday of last year. Um, my brother texted me after a crazy lunch rush and said, dude, we killed it. Love it when it goes smooth. Smooth is fast, you know? <laughs> and I remember I remember looking at that text and I felt the complete opposite because I was actually working that shift and we were so busy and we didn't have a ticket time over 20 minutes. But here's the thing. Our customers were kind of trained that – our ticket, our ticket times could creep up to the 20 minute range, but I knew with the, just the growth and, and how I wanted to scale that that's not going to be acceptable in bigger cities where maybe the customers aren't quite as understanding as North Dakotans. And I just didn't feel good about it, man. I just felt like we were at a plateau and I put so much time and energy and thought into how do we speed up our speed of service. And I've got our team, which I'm so glad that they're thinking we're killing it and stuff, but really we're not. 
it was really eye-opening and I didn't know what to do because our second location, the design drawings were basically already done. And I, I do a lot of the design myself. And then this time I kicked it over to architects. So we did a lot of work with conforming everything to ADA standards and, and whatnot. And that was basically done. Those renderings and design drawings were done. And I'm sitting here thinking, we're about to make a second location that's going to be exactly like this first location. And our speed of service isn't where it needs to be. So what the hell am I doing? And I kind of started freaking out a little bit. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. So I, I reached out to the managers and said, guys, I just need you to start thinking everything you can possibly think of. What are we doing? You know, what's something that we could do a little more efficiently? How do we speed up our speed of service? And they came up with great ideas. But again, we were kind of just just going in a big circle. A lot of these things were kind of surface level, just, Hey, it might shave a minute off here and there. But I mean, then you looked at, okay, we're going to have to train this whole new position to do this. And it's might save 30 seconds. Is it going to be worth it? And then it just hit me and I said, I need help. I need real help. I mean, full on restaurant consultant. And it's funny because the light bulb went off when I, I started thinking and synergy restaurant consultants, I actually reached out to them, Eric. I believe that was right after our first interview, which was before I opened Grand Junction. I reached out to them and said, Hey, can you guys just look at everything? Because we're about to open the doors and I am now self-employed and I'm feeling the weight on my shoulder. So I just wanted these professionals to look at everything. And after their, basically their synopsis was you need to run away fast. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he told me to run and, and I can please see why. I mean, there's no processes, systems, procedures there was no support um i'm paying a sizable amount of money for the right just to use a name uh, i was just basically a license agreement a license contract so i mean you know when, when you're trying to buy into a proven system and paying good money for it i mean that support is is crucial and i think that's what motivates me especially if we grow in that way in that direction just to have such a solid foundation and infrastructure for all of our brand ambassadors and partners in the future but anyways he he told me to run and that's when the light bulb went off and i said man i need to reach back out to synergy and it was just so cool to be able to update them with where we're at. And we got a second location coming in and uh, we kicked it off right away. And, and Dean said, hey, we need to get someone up there immediately. So that was Black Friday. So I would have reached out to Dean on that Friday. And I think by Tuesday, so four days later, he had one of his senior consultants wow. already on a plane coming to Bismarck, North Dakota. And this gentleman's name was Clyde Gillison. One of the coolest dudes I've ever met. One of my best mentors. Um, seriously, I have so much respect for this guy. He came in and it was just life changing. Um, I seriously just thought he was going to come in and do a lot of that surface level stuff that we were looking at. And now he's going to come up with the same ideas we are. How, how does he know our business? I've been here grinding with the best crew in the world and we know the business better than anybody. You know, so how is he? Who, who is this guy? You know, who, he's going to come in and what's he going to say? Anyways, uh, it was very eye-opening. He came in and all of our staff were calling him John Taffer because he was light, lighting us up, man. Um, looking at everything, you know, that sink is too dirty. And I, I remember he was going through our line the first, right when he got there and he goes, this is your stage. This is where you guys are transparent with everything. This is super cool, but this is dirty as shit. Like, what are you guys thinking? You guys need to clean this better. Do you care? Do you really care? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I actually had them clean that super good last night because you were coming. <laughs> so I was like, damn, all right, we need to step this up. But anyways, um, he came in and, and, and we made some great changes. 
the good thing was before you go forward, before you go forward, uh, I just want to like reflect on some of the key things I pull from this. Um, Sometimes you need that outside perspective, man. Sometimes you get so caught up in your little bubble um, and you drift over time. You're straight. You're no matter what systems processes you create, how great your culture is, you will drift over time. And when you get that outside of perspective to come in to kind of shock your system, say no, like it can be even better. It kind of resets everything and, and raises it up. And you know, no matter how hard we try to make things perfect, if we surround ourselves with the experts of people have who, who have dedicated their lives to this. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, some of the most successful restaurant tours out there, the, you know, the Garrett Harkers of the world. I mean, he was a past guest on the show in the, the, the Danny, Myers and the uh, Mark Vetri's like all these guys, I guarantee you have consultants come into their business because they need that perspective. They, they, they thrive off of hearing people who are the best at what they do say, how can I be even better? And you have to be open-minded. You, you can't, you know, you, you got to swallow your pride and take it sometimes. And um, I, I just need to put emphasis on that. So sorry, keep going. Yeah. So after he started looking at the whole operation and, um, you know, the good thing was that we didn't have to tear down any walls. So he completely agreed with the design for a second location of Mandan. And the only thing that he added was he felt like our menu, he, he loved our menu. It's very big with, with, uh, not a lot of ingredients. We're just really creative on, on how we utilize those different ingredients to make delicious sandwiches. But he basically just added a Mandan that we need to have two digital menu boards side by side, you know, the grilled subs just on one, and then you can have your cold subs and everything else. That was literally the only improvement we had to make for Mandan, but obviously with the equipment and some of the different product. But then with Bismarck, that's what it came down to is we just were using some of the wrong equipment and we were using some of the wrong product. What, were the, and, what was and, the wrong and, and equipment that you were using? Been, Get specific. Yeah. So, so actually if you, if you can picture our line, we'd have a, um, just a prep cooler, you know, a sandwich prep table with the refrigerator with the cameras in there. We have a 48 inch one. Um, that started the line and then you got a 48 inch grill, 48 inch grill, and then a 48 inch, uh, sandwich prep cooler. Um, and it was just basically one, two, three, four, right down the line. So he really liked that. We were already kind of, our design was kind of like an assembly line. So we were on the right track, but a big mistake we made is that we're actually grabbing all of our ingredients from that first prep cooler prep table, and then actually walking to every single grill. And that position was a drop position and they would have to walk to every single grill and drop the ingredients on the grill. So he completely, this is insane. I, I mean, he's like, why aren't you using chef bases? Mm. And I go, dude, I was a project manager for a large industrial contractor before I opened a restaurant. I've never been in a restaurant. I don't even know what a chef base is. What is a chef base? So he pulls it up. Chef base is uh, basically, um, it's got two drawers on it. And it's, it's actually, it, it just sits right on the line. And then your grill goes right on top of it. So it's, uh, it's basically just a, a um, like a low boy, you know, basically. Refrigerator, just, refrigerator. Yeah, low underneath. boy. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Exactly. So he said, we're, you need to get rid of that first sandwich prep cooler that you got. You need to install these chef bases, get your grills on top of those chef bases. Now your cooks can just reach down, grab the ingredients they need, quickly put it on the grill, right? And then now get rid of that 48-inch assembler sandwich prep cooler, and you guys need to bump that up to a 60-inch. So now all the cold subs and everything can just be done right there. You're not after. It was really painful for him to watch and see us actually walk the cold cuts all the way down the line to that last assembly station. So they could, they can make the cold sandwiches. So now it's all under one right there. We eliminated the drop position. We actually do. We still have the drop position. We call it. Um, we just, 
you know, ideally what we wanted to try to do is have each cook would just be locked into their one grill and then they could just cook each sandwich. But unfortunately we weren't able to get our KDS screens to jackrabbit back and forth. Like order one goes to the left grill order two goes to the right grill. Um, so we, we spent a lot of time working with rebel to see if we could do that. And it sounds like it, it'd just be a, a nightmare with all the different avenues. Our orders come in, you know, how do you know, how do you make sure that each grill is getting it evenly? But what we did is we just adjusted and, um, basically we just have that drop person now just kind of do a circle. So as they drop that one grill, that cook comes right behind and it's just nice and smooth, just a nice smooth flow. And then they start dropping that next grill and the ingredients are right under them. So they can drop that grill really quick. Then the cook, just keep sliding right down right behind them and it's just a big circle and then they come back that other grill is clean for them boom they just start the process over again so that was obviously huge um so the big lesson here guys obviously is ergonomics like you were trying to find out where can we save time all those steps everything you i mean steps take time and if you can just put those things like with like you if you're your line people don't even have to move their feet. That's what your goal is uh, to keep everything as close one proximity as yep. possible. Uh, so-, yep. so we moved around our proofer and I'm glad you brought that up. We moved around our proofer. All this was most of this, except for buying those chef bases was something that we could have done. We just needed to see that different point of view. Outside perspective. So we moved our proofer. Yep. We moved our proofer right behind now. So when they pull that and it's right next to the oven and we can pull that bread right out, goes right in the proofer. But guess what? The proofer's right behind the cooks now. So all they got to do is turn around to get bread. Mm. I mean, literally just do a 180. Oh, let me grab the right size. Let me turn back. Ready to go. Awesome. All right. Keep going. Pick it up. I kind of uh, think I yeah. asked you to, to get into detail with um, the the equipment. So where were you at before that, that train of thought? So, so the equipment, um, that's the, cha- the big change that we had made. And then we also changed uh, our protein that we use. Um, he watched our prep process and he's like, I cannot, I've never seen, I've never seen this before. Our prep process, we used to bring bottom round in and we'd have to trim it, completely trim it by hand. You trim all the fat off and then you would, oh man, it was very labor intensive. And the biggest thing is every person would do it a little differently. Mm. You, you, how do you know what your yield is? You know, mm-hmm. one person might have great yield. The other person might not care because they're having a bad day and they just start cutting the shit out of it. And there's a bunch of actually good um, beef in there. And then our chicken process was just a mess too. I mean, it just took so much time to prep. So he basically, uh, said, Hey, I'm going to have some products overnighted. I've got the perfect solution for you. Um, we got those products in, we did testing. Um, he showed us, Hey, this is how you, you know, just focus group. I mean, really, you know, you got to just take this data in and make strategic methodical decisions, you know? So we, uh, made a bunch of sandwiches, sat everybody down, did some blind tests, did the whole works. And I was really resistant to be honest with you. It's, it's just hard when, when someone's tearing apart your baby. I mean, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. Um, and I got this guy telling me how broken it is and all these different things we're doing wrong. It's tough, you know, but, uh, it just made me grow so much as a person and watching Clyde, you know, work with our staff and Hey guys, this is how you test new stuff. This is the way to do it. Get people's feedback. We ended up landing on a couple products that are even better. So we just literally pretty much eliminated all of our prep and now we've got a better product. That what do you say better? Just are you saying about. quality or efficiency? Both. Absolutely both. So now actually our protein that we use for the beef is a sirloin steak mm. and it's the same cost and there's, it's already comes in portion and there's no prep involved at all. So I would say better means, yeah, everything from quality to taste and everything. Couldn't believe it. So you're, 
being more efficient, you're getting time back. Time is money. And the other thing about this too is, uh, you know, exactly the cost. You, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. And it's very consistent. Huge. Which is the other big part of that. Cool. Huge. Um, all right. Uh, Man, I can't believe it's already over an hour. Time flies with you, Colton. Uh, I love talking to you, brother. Uh, the only other, I mean, was there anything else you wanted to make sure you, you shared with us regarding the impact this consultancy had on your business? No, I would just say, do not be afraid to ask for help. If you feel like you're at that plateau, first lean on your team, um, empower your employees. That that's what they, you know, most people want to be empowered and feel like you really care about their opinion. And, and if you keep battling the same issues, just reach out to people. And yeah. even if you have to pay for help, it comes back. Yeah, it's really hard to do, but it's, it's totally worth it. I mean, definitely do your due diligence and hire the right people, but I couldn't, uh, couldn't advise that. Yeah. I couldn't recommend that anymore. I mean, I did want to speak to you quickly before wrapping up, um, about marketing, because I feel like you, your social media game is on point. Um, I know you got things you got to do today, but any advice you can give to us real quick on maybe some of the, the big changes, the big evolutionary moments uh, for you and your marketing program. Dude, I'm super glad you brought this up because I finally feel like our marketing, even though we've been killing it on social media, I feel like it's coming full circle and we're just really dialed in right now with the marketing plan and shout out to Jared. Um, he's, he's been a huge, huge part of this. Um, coming full circle and basically, you know, our social media game, I appreciate that, Eric. Thanks. Um, we've, we, I feel like we've been very strong at, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Google, LinkedIn. Those are the four that we focus on. Um, we, we try to do two Facebook posts a day, one on Instagram, one on Google, one on LinkedIn. We had a lot of success. We do a lot of fun content, definitely something that comes naturally to um, Jared and, and myself, but how do you reach those people that don't have social media? How do you, especially North Dakota is a very traditional state. So there's a lot of people that don't have stuff like that. How do you reach an older demographic? And you got all these other marketing channels out there that are really expensive. These traditional marketing channels from TV ads to radio to static billboards. And now you got digital billboards. Oh, like, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do a billboard. How do you know what's right? Do I go static? Do I do go digital? So actually the last two months I've been really, now that we got two stores, our marketing budget, we've really spent no money in marketing and, I'm like, you know, we need to start getting our name out there and I need to start exploring these other avenues. So currently right now we're doing two billboards. Um, our TV commercial is actually going to be done. What day is it today? It's going to be done tomorrow, actually Friday. And yeah, for, for me to pull the trigger on those, you should see all the, the due diligence and just the, the market research I did. And I'm, I'm super excited with what we came up with and it's all part of this big marketing plan. So one thing that Clyde, our consultant, worked on me with, he said, hey, if you're going to be doing all these different things, it's all got to be one cohesive message that you can try to track. Mm. So, for example, our static billboard in North Bismarck, right in the heart of the neighborhood that we serve, um, why, why would you put a billboard right there? We already got all the customers we want. Well, guess what? Kids eat free Mondays and Tuesdays. We want to try to bring in more families. We want to keep, you know, we want to be, we've had letters from kids where they just love Grand Junction because of our experience. We really focus on the kids. Well, let's get more kids in here. Well, let's put it right in the heart of where a lot of our customers drive. So we put up a kids eat free, which we haven't run in a long time. So we put that up. So then that way there's a little bit of a chance that we can track that, you know, so that we actually have a, a possibility to, re- to analyze our ROI on that static billboard. So that says kids eat free. we got a kids eat free discount now. Um, for Monday and Tuesday on the system. So anybody that comes in and, hey, 
heard that kids eat free on Monday and Tuesday. Well, where do you think they heard that from? I mean, maybe word of mouth, but they probably saw the billboard. Mm. So again, just a little way to track it. Now we have one in, in South Bismarck that's out by the airport and out by the University of Mary. We've uh, never really marketed a student discount. So to kind of tie into our social media game, everyone knows we kill it. You know, we got over 7,000 likes on Facebook, over 8,000 followers on Instagram. It's pretty cool. Anyways, the South Bismarck one, we did a hashtag student discount. Did you just brush your shoulder off? I think I just heard you brush your shoulder. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the other billboard, we did a hashtag student discount. And now people leaving the airport or anybody out at the University of Mary coming into town, they're going to see that. Okay, they come in. Hey, you guys got a student discount. Another way for us to try to track it. So I'm really happy with those billboards. Um, and we're also doing a trial run right now with some digital billboards. And that one just simply says now open in Mandan. So we can really try to, we got that one right on the strip in Mandan, the busiest street in Mandan. And we got that one popping up now open. Honestly, from what I've learned, I really think I like the digital billboard better just so everybody knows, because we're always constantly changing our content. And what if, I mean, I'm, I'm locked in for six months for kids eat free. What if I don't want to, you know, offer that discount. So I've yeah. already actually, we're going to be switching that in three months, but still three months is like an eternity, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm already three weeks in and I'm like, can we change it? Like I already got some cool <laughs> other ideas, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's just from my experience. I think most people listening to this right now are probably better off. I mean, the billboards can be huge, but I think we don't all have the budget for that in social media. We have far more, you know, a bigger impact punch for the buck. Um, so yep. one thing I'm surprised to hear is that you, are really active on LinkedIn. How are you using LinkedIn to market a restaurant towards consumers? Man, LinkedIn's great. Um, I already had a lot of followers on there. And, and the cool thing about it is when I post, a lot of my posts are more focused on a lot of these kind of executive level, cloud level things that, that other business people think of. So I posted our billboard, a picture of it and said, really excited about these billboards. Let me know what you guys think. And that post Ah, uh, God, there's like 30 comments on there. Everyone just, so I know that you are really big on social media. You guys do a great job. What triggered you to go with this traditional, really expensive marketing channel? And boom, then I kind of respond back. And then you got all these other, uh, you just great conversation. It's a total different platform with different people. And it's just amazing how different the, the communication is on there. So that's really cool. And a lot of times, like when we implemented some of that new equipment, you know, in our North store, we've got these badass fryers that have basket lifts and they do all this what I'll do instead of, you know, LinkedIn is usually one of my first places. I'll post this new equipment. Hey, we're working on efficiency. We're working on throughput. We're really working on our speed of service. Check out this new piece of equipment. Then you got other business owners on there that go, Oh, wow. You know, that that's great. So what, what actually does that do? How does that benefit? You know, and you just, it's, it's great. I think a lot of people overlook LinkedIn for stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think you do really well is you just tell the story. And I think that's really who the best rest or the best uh, marketers are. What, what they do is they just open the windows. They focus on being great. Uh, and then they just open the windows or, you know, open the shades to the world and let people yep. peer into like what the day to day looks like. Uh, if you can just drop one more advice, one piece, one nugget of, advice on marketing, social media marketing. What's the one thing that you can give us add value? A marketing plan. And and that's what I wanted to wrap up with this because Jared, this is the first June is our first month that we have a full one. I, I had Jared keep it to one page because Jared loves to write a stage marketing plan. You know, everything we're doing with LinkedIn, Google, um, everything, our builds, a lot of stuff going on. We need to come up with a plan and he put together just this awesome plan which explains why we're doing that channel, what we hope to get in return, 
why we think it might not work or be right for us. And basically, he came up with this Jurassic Junction is going to be our message for June. So we have a hyper-focused message. And the reason why we're doing Jurassic Junction is because Jurassic World comes out in June. So why not spin off of that? Because those movie trailers are on every channel right now. Why not spin off of that and just call a couple sandwiches the T-Rex or the Velociraptor, which is a Cajun Ranch chicken with just a little bit of a bite, jalapenos, banana peppers. So he came up with, after he started this marketing plan, dude, these ideas were just gold because he was hyper-focused. And it's like, let's just, so every month we're going to do a marketing plan. And then what he did is he included everyone from our graphic designer to me, um, to just anybody that's involved with our marketing. And he basically explained what our objective was, what our mission is, what the vision is for this plan. All right, this is what I'm going to do. This is what Jared's going to do. This is what Mel, our graphic designer, is going to do. And this is a deadline that I need everything by. And I saw that, man, and, and it's already in, in, in the works. Mel already, I, she's texted me a couple times while we're on this interview, just asking about, okay, the table tents. I'm thinking, do you want to do this? Do you want to, you know, so that way now with our table tents, I mean, everything, once we switch to that new plan, we're, our table tents are going to match. Our, it's going to match our social media. It's all just going to be one cohesive marketing message. So when you come in the store, you see it. When you get our four by six thank you flyers on the back, it's going to have a picture of a dinosaur. Um, we have these coloring pages at kids. We let them color and then they, they get a free meal. We're going to have a, a, a T-Rex riding a train that they can color and they bring <laughs> that back in. We put it on our wall of fame and then they get a free kids meal. Nice. But guess what? We've never fine tune all those other little things. You know, we've always just had a train. Well, it's like, why not tie everything together? It doesn't take that much work and just make sure everyone's on the same page. Then we can start really tracking a lot of these results. So that's about to launch June 1st. And I'm super excited for it. One thing I love about this is you're giving, you're creating an opportunity to capture something. Uh, and it's, right. it's, about, it's about capturing what's going on, but it's also about creating the opportunity to capture something. And how cool is that? The opportunity to capture all these kids getting into this coloring and capturing the, the wall of fame of them posting this, like, you know, you're creating the opportunity to have really great content. And uh, I'm curious, what about legalities? I mean, you're not going to throw like Jurassic like the same branding no. and all that stuff. Cause you gotta be careful there. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that, yeah, we, we talked about and it's just okay. going to be more just dinosaurs, you okay. know? Yeah. Like smart. It's a T-Rex so, and a Velociraptor. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're playing off current events. You're looking out right. to the market and what's yeah. going on. And then you're staying relevant uh, in your tat, you know, yep. you're, 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 uh, you know, playing on, especially with like, you know, social media, you can do the hashtag Jurassic park. I'm pretty sure you can do that on social media. They won't probably won't ding you for that. And then if you have none of your branding right. is, you know, similar too similar to what's going on with the actual uh franchise the the movie franchise then you should be safe exactly um cool so uh the only other thing i want to bring up before we say goodbye and this is just me and this is kind of our relationship that we have um going back and forth on do i want to be big or do i want to be great do i want to be big or do i want to be great Uh, and you said hey one of the reasons why you brought this consultant on is because you're really considering franchising um where are you with that emotion right now is franchise we need, we need to be great goal? we yep. need to be great okay so that's what it comes down to i mean and we're not ready yet and, and I, honestly with how well our second store with opening with mandan we've got something that possibly is in the works for a third it just depends on everything if everything aligns um it, we need to be great and i think one thing that i've grown so much in is just being more patient and just strategic and methodically just looking at everything. I mean, just diving in and then just giving it a day and just breathing and just, okay, let me look at this again. Let me bounce off some other people and yeah, being great. I mean, if you're great, you're going to become big. Colton, what does being great look like? Being great is, is, is the culture around you. 
your team, how people look up to you, um, just the impact that you make on people's lives every single day, just the, the customer, the impact you make on the customer as you see them just enjoying your food and your business and just seeing your team smile and just the positivity and, and just to see it all synergistically work, just this machine that just, just works smooth and, and, and hearing feedback and then making moves and growing. I, I just think uh, there's so much to that. That's a, it's a great question. There's so much to it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious, do you still have aspirations of maybe franchise in the future? Yes, I would say it's definitely still a possibility. Um, right now we're averaging probably five inquiries a week. This week, I don't know, it's just maybe with the nice weather, it's been crazy. I think I've had about 10 people email me and I even had someone from Virginia email me yeah. last night. Hey, I went to UND and ate, I lived on Grand Junction. Um, I've been a GM for a restaurant for three years looking at doing my own thing. Would you guys consider one opening one in Virginia? So I get a lot of those emails and it's pretty cool to see that. You know, one thing I've learned is uh, the really amazing restaurants in this world. Uh, the one of the, I mean, they have the systems, the processes down, locked down hard, but the really th- the thing that really makes them great is the people and the culture, the impact, like you said, that they have on the lives of the people they touch. And when in, we've seen this happen over and over again with Panera bread, with uh, subway, with firehouse subs, maybe you could even argue um, <clears throat> Chipotle, these, these brands that at one point were so incredible because of the impact they're having hard rock cafe. I mean, we can keep going when you start yeah. to grow and you just start like bringing people into your franchise. You can only stretch that greatness, that impact, that, right. that, that human element. You can only spread it so thin before it just gets like you going through the motions. Um, totally. and I, I don't think it's necessarily bad to franchise, but I want to see f- fewer massive grant franchises in the world. I mean, if you want to, use a franchise model and spread that opportunity uh, to other people and keep it super focused, super like, why not just create another concept? If you, if you got that franchise going, create another restaurant and then, you know, re- start from scratch and have like two or three franchises, you right. know, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a lot of diluted businesses. And I think a lot of that comes today. from vetting too, you know, and I make it really clear to all these people that inquire, um, that we're going to have quite the vetting process. I, I remember when I first took over the name and I'm just like, Oh man, all these people are interested. We're going to be blowing up hundred stores super fast. Um, but the one thing that when I, when I meet with the leadership team that we, we all agree on is that if we go that route, just the vetting, I mean, they, we're going to, we're going to do such extensive vetting that make sure they fit our culture. They fit our vibe. Mm. I mean, if we do go that route and I think a lot of newer emerging brands, might overlook that because they're just so excited to, to grow and move forward. And I think with working with Clyde and, and working with you, because I know how you feel about it and just these mastermind groups I'm involved with and just rubbing shoulders with the right people, it's really opened my eyes. And especially being young that I can be patient and I can build this great restaurant and this great brand. Mm. And then if there's other people that, you know, especially because we've got history since 1999, a lot of these inquiries are people that love our product. That's, that's the first step. You got to love our product. That's why I'm in the shoes that I'm in right now because I believe in this product. And if we do go that route, I, you know, we'd have to find brand ambassadors that completely align with our vision and mission and 
our values. Now, maybe I'll keep this part of the interview. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to Im- impose my feelings, my beliefs too much on people, but, uh, no, dude, yeah, keep it, man. <laughs> this is, this is real. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come back on the show for the third minute or for the third minute for the third time. Uh, I really do admire you, Colton. You're an incredible hard worker. Uh, you impress me. Thanks, every man. I really day. appreciate that. Oh, no, I, I mean it. And, uh, just thank you so much for taking the time to join us again, man. There is no questioning. Oh my God. I almost forgot. Uh, how can we connect if people want yeah. to, if people want to ask you questions or maybe help yeah. connect with the, the people that helped you out? Like what's the best way to connect? Grand junction subs.com. Go check out our website. Uh, it's, it's, I just love it. So uh, we've done a lot of work on that. You can go to facebook.com slash grand junction subs, Instagram at grand junction subs. Check us out. I would love for you guys to drop me a line. You can just go to contact and that email right through our website will go directly to me. I love connecting with other restaurateurs and other people in the industry and anybody, if you have any questions, please reach out. I love it. Beautiful. Uh, this is episode four seventy eight. Just head over to restaurant unstoppable.com slash four seven eight. You'll find all the links to the, the tool services, anything that was recommended right over there. And now actually before I say goodbye, um, who's somebody you've been following recently that you think would be a good guest on the show? Call them out. Clyde Gillifson. Oh, you got to bring him that. on and I can get him on for you, man. Let's do it. He's our restaurant consultant. Let's make it happen. All right, man. He would be perfect. Now I'll say yeah, I will. Colton, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Woo>! Awesome. <laughs> Yes, that was an awesome episode. Thanks again, Colton Schultz, for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. And I, I think this is probably not going to be the last time we hear from Colton Schultz. It's, you know, it's been a lot of fun following him on his journey with the mastermind or through the mastermind. Colton is a part of the restaurant unstoppable mastermind. And I'm thinking about starting another group. If you guys are interested, you know how to connect with me, Eric at restaurant unstoppable, but he's so impressive and he's always just attacking and he's never just settling for okay. He's always pushing the envelope, always trying to take it to the next level. And if there's an overarching lesson today, it's that, you know, always push, always take it to the next level. I think the other big lessons too, is like, how do you get from that point of working on your business to working or sorry, from working in your business to working on your business. And you know, there's going to be that period where you're doing everything. But as, as you start surrounding yourself with these people, find out where they shine and then start replacing yourself where they're better than you for with certain things and then create a system around that thing and then just re- rinse and repeat keep doing that until your whole business is systematized uh and then bring in that's the other big lesson today bring in consultants bring in outside perspectives the best restaurateurs in this world aren't so good that they don't have consultants. They're they're that good because they do go to the consultants. They do get that outside perspective. They do constantly challenge their situational awareness and they're always bringing it to the next level. And I think one more piece of great advice is leverage the technology in your business. We so often and too often just scratch the surface, push these tools to the, to the limit, uh, be the reason why these tools are evolving. Go to these people and be like, I need this. And if they're a good company, I know Revel listens to its customers. If they need something that Revel doesn't have, Revel will either go partner with somebody or create it. Uh, that, that's what great companies do. They listen to their customers, and, and that's what you should do. You should listen to your customers and your guests, and uh, you know, see what they need, see what they want, and 
be receptive to that sort of thing. But anyway, great conversation today. This is episode 478. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 478. I will link to the product services and consultants actually too that were recommended if you want to reach out to those those platforms and leverage them yourself. And um, uh, Revel is also an affiliate. So if you are interested in Revel, if you're looking to uh, be a fast casual or counter service. I think that's a great platform for those concepts. But in this circumstance, you can't just click the link and I'll get credit. You actually have to reach out to me and let me know you're interested in Revel. So Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, Instagram, Twitter, best ways to connect with me. And that's Eric Cacciatore is my handle. Uh, let me know you're interested. I'll be happy to connect you with those folks over there. And uh, Jolt is another affiliate. Uh, with that case, guys, just click the link in the show notes, uh, episode 478, and you will be able to schedule a demo with Ben over at Jolt. He'll take care of you. Another great platform for systematizing and adding processes to your business and so much more, really. But all right, guys. Um, oh, one more thing. If you're not familiar with what an affiliate program is, that just means at no extra expense to you, they give me a little commission saying thank you for helping us connect with these customers, Eric. And it really goes a long way with helping me get that cash flow so I can continue to produce these podcasts for you. Every little bit helps. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart in advance for supporting the podcast. Um, so that's all for today. Uh, I already dropped the social handles on you. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. They help so much. But the best way to help Restaurant Unstoppable is simply by sharing it with anyone you know who's aspiring to be great in this industry. Guys, you are the average of those you surround yourself with. And with Restaurant Unstoppable, you can surround yourself with the best minds hospitality has to offer. So, yeah, do it. All right, guys, that's all for today. Until next time, peace out.